Grace and peace to you this morning. It is good to be in worship together. As we gather, I invite you to take two or three deep breaths, just a chance to center and ground yourself in this place and in this space. Let us now prepare our hearts and minds to worship God. Please rise in body or spirit for the call to worship. We come from wilderness and wandering. Restlessness and roaming. We come from loneliness and longing. We gather here in joy and peace. We gather here in love and gratitude. We gather here and see that God is good. You may be seated. Welcome, welcome to worship here at Westminster. It is good to be with you today. If you're visiting with us, if this is maybe just your first or second time here, a special welcome to you. I do want to invite you after worship out into our garden area for tea and coffee, some snacks, especially a chance to get to know each other just a little better. Uh, speaking of which, I do invite you to make use of that QR code in your bulletin. We're moving away from passing our pew pads, and instead, we invite you to use this to check in with the pastors. If you have something to share with us, if you have a prayer request, if you're new and want to give us some of your contact information, you can do that all there. If that is not something you want to do, there's also a chance to just write in the white space, tear it out, put it in the offering plate, or hand us your bulletin on the way out, and we would love to connect with you more. 
Let's join together now in our community prayer. Let us pray. God of abundance, as we travel on our Lenten journey, we know that you are with us. You walk with us, and your presence surrounds us. Even so, we can lose our way. Our feet stray from following you. Our hearts stray from serving you. Remind us that you will never leave us. Remind us that there is always a chance for transformation. May we always look for opportunities for kindness and generosity. Amen. Our prayers continue in quiet. Amen. Praise be to God who welcomes us as we are, who challenges us to let go of whatever guilt or shame we may be carrying, who forgives us, and who loves us unconditionally. Amen. So now having prayed together in one voice, now is your opportunity to share the joys, the concerns that are on your heart and mind today. I'll start with just a couple. Uh, we certainly hold our Pastor Rob and his family in our prayers. They are on a week of vacation this week. Always a wonderful chance to have some time for rest and rejuvenation. We simply hold them in our prayers. As well as I was getting ready to come to worship this morning, I saw the headline about the shooting in Sacramento. There weren't a lot of details at that time, but uh, certainly there were fatalities. Lives changed forever, and we simply hold all of those people who have been affected in our prayers. Uh, what, what's on your heart and mind today? What would you like to share with us? Yeah, Andy. Andy's mourning the death of a friend who died following some surgery complications and asking for prayers for her friends and family. Yeah. I asked for your prayers for my mom and dad. Yeah. And I'm so curious if you're very nervous about it and just ask that you would send your good wishes. Absolutely. Forrest's wife, Deb, who's going to be in surgery this week, we simply... Hold her in our prayers for, for healing, for strength and comfort. Yeah. Others? Jump in there, Debbie. Yes. Uh, so, if you were here last week, I asked for prayers for my friend Chris, who was diagnosed with ALS. Uh, as many of you probably know, uh, uh, our member and dear friend, Dr. Bob Miller, actually is in is an expert in uh, the treatment, the care and treatment of ALS patients. I arranged to have lunch uh, on Sam's deck with my friend Chris and Dr. Bob. And at the end of lunch, Chris said, I don't feel alone now. Bob Miller is a terrific doctor. Amen. Amen. Others? All right. Let's have just a few moments of quiet then, and then we'll share in the Lord's Prayer together. So let us pray. Gracious God, you hear the prayers of your people, those spoken aloud, those held in the quiet of our hearts, and we give you thanks. Hear us now as together we pray the prayer your Son taught us, saying, Our Father, 
I'd now like to invite all the children forward for our time of discovery. Uh, Streeter has something extra special to show you today. All right, come on down. Lisa Annie, did one of you get to help paint this? No? Oh, well, a lot of hands painted this thing. And so this is my friend Streeter. Streeter, could you tell us what is this thing that we're even looking at here? So the prayer box is basically like a really colorful box that, and there's this paper right here, and you can write down a prayer on the piece of paper and then slip it in the box. And then after that, someone else will take it out of the box and then... Um, read it and then pray to God for you so you, you didn't ask me to be your lovely assistant but I'm happy to be your lovely assistant today uh, and can you tell us why did our middle schoolers think it would be good to build this thing um, because they wanted to bring us we wanted to bring us together and pray those two things I was gone and what Malia one of our leaders said is the theme is prayer and power tools. And so <laughs> we got to use them. And Streeter, uh, did you, you were here for some of the drilling and sewing, were you not? What, what was your favorite part of working on this thing? Uh, I don't know. I basically just did measurements. So, <laughs> yeah. We trust to put you up here, but we don't trust to put a saw in your hand, maybe. Uh, yeah. I, I did nail st some stuff in, so that was fun. That's good, yeah. It is good. You don't always get to come to church and hammer things. Yeah, or cut things. So, so well, this will be, this will be on, this will be not on view, but it will be open for everyone to use, correct? Yeah. And so does that mean any of these people can write a prayer down and put it in here? Yep. Does that mean any of these people can grab a prayer and take it home with them? Yep. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> so we're going to have it in the narthex at least for a week or two, and it may move, around, move and make its way around the church. Fortunately, it's easy to see. So this is a gift from our middle school youth group to all of you. And someday when you get old enough, you too will get to come to church and we'll put power tools in your hands. <laughs> and your parents will be so excited. So... Today, we also are going to do something special with our high schoolers. You're going to be cooking today with us, with the high school and middle school, in the kitchen. So if you would, you know Ben. Ben also has a shirt that's easy to find. So maybe you could follow Ben out into the kitchen where we're going to be cooking today. Let's go. Go, go now, now in, in peace. peace. Could you pick it up and put it out in the north end? Yeah, yeah, boy, I do it a lot. <clears throat> okay. So our uh, first scripture reading is Psalm 126. Listen for how the Spirit may be speaking to you through these words. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then it was said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we rejoiced. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like the watercourses in the Negev. May those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy. Those who go out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, 
shall come home with shouts of joy, carrying their sheaves. This is holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. So our next reading is from John's Gospel. But before we get there, just a little introduction to that reading. Uh, So we have four Gospels in the Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Each one of them tells about the life and ministry of Jesus. But each one of them tells that story in a slightly different way. And in fact, it's pretty surprising how few stories are actually found in all four Gospels. Uh, There aren't very many. Um, but one that is found in all four Gospels is one we are going to hear about today, which is the anointing of Jesus. Each of the four Gospels tells some version of this story. Basically, uh, a woman uses a jar of very expensive perfume to anoint Jesus, and at least one of the onlookers is a little disturbed that this is happening. Right, so those are the bare bones of the story. But depending on which gospel you read, the details differ. The stories happen in different locations. The stories happen at different times during Jesus' ministry. The, the woman who does the anointing is different. Uh, the crowd that watches is different. Lots of different details depending on which gospel you read. Which makes me think that there can be a lot left to the imagination, right? There can be a lot to wonder about as we think back so many years ago to when this anointing was happening. So much that might pique our curiosity. So today, we're going to imagine this story together as it's told in John's Gospel. This one features Mary and her sister Martha and her brother Lazarus. And I just invite us to wonder, to imagine together what may have happened. Jesus came to dinner last night. That Jesus, Jesus of Nazareth. We don't usually get a lot of visitors. It's often just Martha and Lazarus and me in our little house. Martha cooks and organizes and scolds, and Lazarus comes home from work desperate to stay out of the middle. The only time we really get along is when we pour through the scriptures together. We laugh, we yell at each other, and we find new wisdom, just the three of us. We're all we have in the whole world until we met Jesus. He's unlike anyone I've ever known. He's like family. When I first met him, Martha had arranged this lovely, oh-so-elaborate meal for him and his disciples. And I couldn't help myself. Before I knew it, I was there, sitting at his feet, trying to catch the pearls of wisdom that fell from his lips. Sometimes they fell like cool, warm morning dew, sweet and refreshing, and other times they seem to clock me right in the head, like, wake up, Mary, really, hear this. Martha skulked in the kitchen, but I knew there was something special about Jesus. A while after that, Lazarus became so sick. He was tired, in pain. He looked terrible. What would we do if we lost him? How could we be safe without him to look after us? Who would protect us from each other? We were beside ourselves with grief and sent a message to Jesus. He loved Lazarus. Surely he would do something, something only he could do. Well, what am I saying? I'm sure you already know that story. It's all anyone's been talking about. Yes, I can tell you that is true. My brother was dead for four days and Jesus brought him back to me. You can't imagine the joy we felt. I mean, after the shock and awe and tears of gratitude passed, Martha and I were like little girls again, laughing and jumping around like idiots. We don't even fight anymore. Well, 
maybe not as much as we did anyway. Right now is a hectic time with so much to do. You know, the holiday season. The feast of the Passover is coming, and we have been saving up all year to celebrate, to stand in awe of our great and powerful God, who performs signs and miracles beyond our understanding. We have to get the house in order and clear out all that yeast and flour, only unleavened bread for Passover. So it was just perfect timing. Jesus was coming through town so that he could celebrate the Passover too. And what better way to use up flour and old foodstuffs than to throw a great feast in honor of Jesus. As soon as we found out that Jesus would be coming with his disciples, Martha went right into event planner mode. And I was so excited to thank Jesus again for the life of my brother that I didn't even mind. There were pomegranates, figs, olives, grapes, a couple different fish dishes, lentils, loaves upon loaves of bread, and dripping honeycomb for dessert. And of course we had wine, a true celebration. Martha spent the dinner going back and forth to the kitchen. Everyone's cup overflowed and no one's plate was empty. At first there was nothing but the chorus of clanking plates and lips smacking in delight. Then the noshing gave way to conversation. Big laughs, glowing cheeks, warm smiles. I stayed at the table. Martha was so happy she didn't even fuss at me. I just ate and soaked it all in. And I guess the eating and talking went on, but I didn't notice as much anymore. Night had fallen and a cool breeze curled around the corner of the window pane. I looked up and I caught Jesus' eyes. His eyes were always so full of life, like he knew everything there was to know about you, about everything. Looking into his eyes, I usually felt challenged and loved all at once, but his usual twinkle wasn't there. All of a sudden, he wasn't celebrating either. He had one of those, now my soul is troubled kind of looks. No one else seemed to notice. No one else saw this sadness that seemed to be choking him from the inside. He was suffering alone, but surrounded by all the people who should have known him best. People who should have seen that anguish. I honestly don't know what came over me. I remember feeling his grief. I remember thinking that I wanted more than anything for him to be able to enjoy this celebration. And then ringing through my head, I heard these words. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the one who bring good news, who proclaims peace, who proclaims salvation, who says, Zion, your God reigns. How blessed are his feet that bear him up as he proclaims something beautiful and new. Blessed feet that take him from place to place, from family to family, from inner ache to inner ache, bringing peace where before it was impossible. How beautiful he was, yet how sad. How, how lonely. Before I even knew what I was doing, I had rushed to the other room and back with costly perfume in hand. The disciples stopped eating. My brother looked at me in shocked silence, and I could feel my sister's scowl from the other room. But it didn't matter. My friend, my brother, my Lord had sorrow, and I wanted to soothe him. I poured out that perfume on his blessed, beautiful feet. I couldn't speak. I didn't have words. But I wanted him to know to feel in his flesh that he was loved, that we did care for him, that we were grateful, that at least one person recognized his sorrow. I couldn't make it any better. All I could do was love him with everything I had. He was speechless. Everyone was speechless. The perfume pulled on the floor. I took down my hair to sop it up. I wiped his feet with my hair, and then for the first time since I got up, I looked at him once more. He saw my gift of love, 
my immense desire to ease his pain, and he looked like his heart would burst. The tears streamed down my cheeks, the smell of perfume filled the house, and it seemed to overcome everyone's senses. And for a moment, I thought that everyone was sharing this devotion and praise. But then abruptly, Judas spoke. Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii and the money given to the poor? I thought my heart would break right then. Maybe I had been wrong. Maybe it was wasteful. Maybe Jesus didn't see what I meant to show him. My face reddened and I slumped over. But Jesus looked him square in the eye with a look that would scare the spots off a goat. And he said, leave her alone. She bought it so that she might keep it for the day of my burial. So that was it. That was where the sorrow came from. Dear sweet Jesus was going to die. I don't want him to die. I don't want to lose him. See, he's not just another teacher. There's something more about him. What man can raise someone from the dead? Who can walk on water and feed multitudes and cast out demons? Who can bring such peace and such good news to those who follow him? When Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead, Martha saw the Messiah. My Lord and my God, so he is. And friends, he has taught me something most beautiful, the greatest pearl that he has left with me. Jesus said, you always have the poor with you, but you do not always have me. I know that must sound crazy to you, but I promise you I'm not making it up. That's what he said. Even in this charged moment, Jesus reminded us of who we are and how we serve God. His words inscribed themselves on my heart. Today you serve me, a living body before you. Tomorrow you serve others. Tomorrow, you transform that love that you feel for me into healing touch and hearty meals and kind words and supporting the weak and showing each one the love and the dignity that you have shown me today. Jesus told me, he told all of us, that love is the best response even when it doesn't make sense. And when he left the next morning, Jesus continued to walk that path of love. And so, may the God of impossible love inspire us to follow Christ and to love beyond what we ever thought possible this day and always. Amen.
Amen. Thank you. And now we are invited to come to the Lord's table. And we remember that all are welcome. All are invited to participate in this meal. So this will be the first time in two years since we've done communion by intinction. What that means is the ushers will dismiss you pew by pew. You'll walk forward, um, take a piece of bread from the plate, dip it lightly in the cup, and that way you can partake of both of the elements together. Uh, if that is not a comfortable thing for you, we will also have one of our communion servers uh, walking around the sanctuary with the single-serve communion elements. So if you would prefer to remain in your pew and do the single-serve elements, the rover will be coming around and we'll be able to give that to you. Finally, some of you may have brought your own communion elements. Also fine, you're welcome to remain in the pew and serve yourself. Uh, so again, first time in two years. Very exciting. We'll see how it goes. Uh, a couple of other things to note. Um, there will be a plate of gluten-free crackers in the center, if that is important to you. Um, after you come forward, you'll return by the side aisles. Um, those of you on this side, it means you walk right in front of our singers, which is totally fine. They know that's going to happen. That's okay. Um, over here, I'll be available um, for time of prayer. If you have a prayer um, that you would like to let me know about, I will be there for that. And I'm checking my notes, and I think I got it all. So with that, we remember that Christ invites us to come to the table in peace. So I invite you to share the peace of Christ with one another. Amen. You may be seated. So when they needed to hear it, Christ told his friends, I am the vine. No matter who you are, no matter where you are, you are part of this vine. So come to this table to taste and see. Come to this table to find yourself among the branches. Come to this table to grow together. Will you join with me? God be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to God. Let us pray. As we gather at your table, as we listen to your word, help us know, O God, your presence. Let our hearts and minds be stirred. Nourish us with sacred story till we claim it as our own. Teach us through this holy banquet how to make love's victory known. Amen. And now we join our voices together in praise.
So we've already heard today about how much Jesus liked to dine with his friends. And here at this table, we remember the last meal he shared with his disciples. And as they were eating, he took the bread. And after giving thanks for it, after blessing it, he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, take, eat. This is my body that is given for you. Do this remembering me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant, which is sealed in my blood. It is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it, he said, remembering me. This is the feast of God for the people of God. Come, for all things are now ready.
loving God, in gratitude for this moment and this meal, we give ourselves to you. Take us out to live as changed people because we have shared this living bread and we cannot remain the same. Ask much of us, expect much of us, enable much by us, encourage many through us. Amen. Now we tried to put them in a really obvious spot, so I hope you noticed our diapers sitting right here up front. Uh, just a reminder that we are every week collecting diapers that we then take to the Canal Alliance. We're doing a special emphasis on the first Sunday of the month, which is why they're here today, but you're welcome to bring diapers at, at any time. Uh, just a couple other things to let you know about. Um, as you get your coffee and snacks outside, you may notice that our garden area looks a little different out there. Um, it's sort of undergoing a, a revamp, a refreshening. A lot of the old plants are being taken out and they're going to be replaced with native California plants and drought helpful plants. Um, if you are interested in participating in this journey with the garden, if you are someone who likes gardening, um, please let me know, let David Elliott know, who is the one spearheading this. Um, certainly, uh, more hands make lighter work. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be a process over uh, several weeks. Um, as always, as I've mentioned the last few weeks, we still have a survey out in the narthex. We're attempting to update our database and really interested in what you're interested in, interested in capturing what your gifts and talents are, ways you might serve the church either in the present or the future. So I invite you to grab a survey, fill it out, and then put it in the basket that's there. Finally, um, our Holy Week schedule is printed in the bulletin. Holy Week starts next week with Palm Sunday. Um, I know especially that um, Maundy Thursday and Good Friday will have several different scripture readings. So if you're planning to come either to Maundy Thursday and or Good Friday and would be willing to be a reader, uh, let me know and I will get you signed up for that. And Jenny has an announcement to share. In case, in case you couldn't hear her, um, Jenny was um, talking about an event that's coming up on May 15th. Planning ahead, mark your calendars now. It's going to be an evening basically of some food and music featuring perhaps some of the folks you heard today, perhaps some of the folks sitting over there in the choir loft, perhaps some others. Um, so uh, it'll, it'll be lots of music, lots of good food, and a chance to learn more about the Legacy Fund. There will be more information coming out in the e-news and in the bulletin, but just if you're interested in that event, May 15th, about 4.30 in the evening. All right, with that, I invite you to stand as you are comfortable for our closing hymn, which is number 630.
Now, as you go from this place, know that the love of God, God who is our creator, Jesus Christ, our redeemer, the Holy Spirit, our sustainer, goes with you now and always. Amen.